I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hi, how you going? It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com with Dr. Mike Gustafson. I'm Aaron Dickens. We're joining you today from the John Walker Soccer Complex, where later on, Today, the Texas Tech Red Raider soccer team will take on Florida Gulf Coast in uh, the first round of the NCAA tournament postseason soccer. Uh, just about three hours away here. Gus, how you going? I am good. I'm excited about this game tonight. We, uh, I say we, but Texas Tech soccer to get an opportunity to do this. I think, what are we talking about? The last time got to host one game was in 2019, maybe. The very first time it ever happened in 2012. Um, and, uh, you know, so we're, we're talking about something in a relative recent past, and the opportunity to do this kind of thing doesn't come around very often. And these, this team has a golden opportunity with the chance to host three weekends in a row, or excuse me, three games in a row across two weekends. But I'm a, I am legit excited for this game tonight. We'll visit with the head coach himself, Tom Stone, in about uh, 27 minutes to break uh, this matchup down. And uh, weather-wise, if it stays like this, guess it'll be really, really nice. You know, nice fall uh, afternoon. You know, it's funny you say that. Coach Stone and his media availability talked yesterday about, uh, I think it was yesterday when he did that, but he talked about, Perfect soccer weather, temperature in the fifties, <laughs> you know, and and uh, and I was thinking about that. From uh, it, it almost sounded like the way uh, cross country runners will talk about it because they would rather it be a little to the cooler side. But if you're out there running around for two hours and you know running five miles or whatever these soccer girls do, they probably do prefer a little bit to the chillier. So it's probably a little bit easier on their bodies than coming out here in uh, late August when it's, uh, you know, 95 degrees on that turf. Speaking of 95 degrees, do you know what temperature is right now at, uh, in Fort Myers, which is where Florida Gulf Coast is located? <laughs> uh, no, because that's on down into the state. That's toward, that's, uh, I'm thinking of Panhandle, but my son right now is on the Panhandle on a beach somewhere. So I don't know. I guess, I don't know, it's probably 80s or 90s, I would think. 85 degrees. There you go. Yeah, kind of. This is where uh, this is where that part of the world gets a real advantage over the rest of us because I don't, I don't necessarily think about oh I want to be in I want to be in Florida in the you know in the middle of the summer but then when the rest of us start to you know certainly as we approach winter you start thinking Florida thoughts or Arizona thoughts or Southern California thoughts. Well, I was kind of more coming at it from a perspective of like when was the last time that team played in yeah. winter. True. It was below fifty-five degrees. That's a good. Good you point. Know? Yeah, I uh, and and I would think that for for weather to for it to be prohibitive 
you know, like something that's really going to affect them, it would probably have to be another sure. 20 degrees yeah, it's colder. Not, it's not Ames last Yeah, November. yeah, exactly. Or or something with some real uh, real wind attached to it. In fact, that was the other thing Tom said. He said, going to be good soccer weather, temperature in the 50s and light wind, you know, because they, the soccer people are as attuned to uh, the wind, I think, as baseball people are, and probably softball people as well. Um, it's, it's uh, you know, if, if the wind is – going crazy and that's why it makes for a better fall sport around here i don't know what spring soccer would look like probably the same just a bit sunnier right yeah there'd probably be some days where the ball you kick it there and it ends up over there yeah uh we'd love to hear what you have to say today on the yates flooring center chat line you can weigh in at double t 973com or through the double t 973 mobile app presented by happy state bank uh and this game will be on espn plus right tonight yep for the Very folks nice. that are asking that so if you're not able to get out here to the john walker soccer complex and hopefully you can um it is uh it's a great venue first and foremost uh it's a really good team second um and third it's very convenient like this is not a uh, a basketball game or a football game where you have to park in Narnia, <laughs> right? And either walk or you know wait for a bus to ferry you however many miles to the location. Um, there's yeah, it's free parking. Oh yeah, it's right here. Yeah. Um. So, it's uh, it's a good time. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard if you're if you're walking more than a. I would I would equate it if you go to baseball games about the the maximum distance you would walk to go to a baseball game is what you would maximum distance to walk to this place tonight and so it's it, this will be uh, easy and I would expect it'll be a uh, bussing crowd tonight uh, I know that's what coach coach Stone has talked about and and always talks about and uh, probably will talk about when he's here with us but you get an opportunity to create a home home field advantage and uh it's pleasant out here i mean it's blue jean and hoodie weather i mean it's not it's not uh you, you don't need to be square, scared off by the weather no hand here. warmers no nah, it's not no it doesn't doesn't rise to that level i mean, I mean it, maybe a blanket if you're feeling you know especially vulnerable true uh we get this on the yates flooring center chat line uh, Aaron, what is the temperature in Bozeman, Montana today? <laughs> uh, let's see. The temperature in Bozeman, Montana right now, 43 degrees, so not that much colder than it is right here. Um, low tonight is 28, and uh, highs in the low to mid-50s for the next several days. And then it looks like a cold front will come through around Wednesday uh, that will knock the temperatures down a bit, maybe offer up some precip as well and we're we're 60s and 70s next week including uh you know friday and saturday next friday and saturday of course will be a big weekend home football game and all that highs of 73 and 69 i say nice. that could also be a home soccer game on friday night but 73 the high temperature on friday 69 on saturday perfect um but that uh yeah sh- should be really nice uh for a good sports weekend, hopefully. The, the cool thing about uh, postseason college soccer that I did not know until this week, and, you know, shame on me, I should have known this before, is that unlike the uh, NCAA tournaments in basketball where you're kind of clustered around a home like a, you know, regional site, um, or in baseball where it's, you know, you're, you're all, like you get four teams in right. Lubbock and four yeah. teams in Chapel Hill, whatever, um, there are there are 32 
different locations hosting first run action in this tournament. And and I would think that's great for the sport because sure. thirty two markets are getting to enjoy this. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know, baseball has talked about breaking the first weekend into two weekends and making them just basically super regionals every weekend. But the oper- the idea being, you'd get thirty two places that could host, and you can see where that would be great for the sport. More tech talk next. podcast that finishes your workday in a very red raider way this is the tech talk podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction hey it's tech talk on double t 97.3 and double t 97.3.com with dr mike gustafson i'm aaron dickens we're joining you today from the john walker soccer complex where uh, later on this uh, this evening the Texas Tech Red Raiders will take on Florida Gulf Coast in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Red Raiders are a two-seed nationally, one of, what, three Big 12 teams uh, to make it in the postseason. Yeah. And uh, looking to make a run, and it starts tonight, hopefully a very long run, starts tonight uh, against Florida Gulf Coast. Things get underway here at 6 o'clock, and we are thrilled now to be joined on location by the head man himself, Tom Stone. Tom, did I hear you right that you've known the the head coach for the opposition here for 20 years? Probably at least we've we've interacted and seen each other in the coaching carousel for at least that long. It's funny. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't think that like Florida Gulf Coast would just like Well, this is not his only stop. Um, very few of us get to one place and stick around as long as I have, but you know, when you got a job as good as this one, it's hard to leave. And in his case, he moved around based on family preference. I think he started up in the Northeast and has been in Florida. He's been a Florida guy for a long time, though, and uh, has just done an amazing job. I was, you know, it's kind of mixed emotions. Excited to see a new team and a good team out of Florida that's been in this tournament eight times, but not thrilled to know that, you know, Jimmy was the coach because he's, he's very sharp, very very savvy guy. What, are these, what do they re- represent tactically? Are they a big physical team, speed? What, what should we look for? Uh, I think, well, one – they're just used to winning. You know, they're, they're, they win their mid-major conference all the time. They've, like I said, they've won it eight times. They were losing 3-0 in their conference final to get here and won in penalties, so they came back from three down. So there's some resilience there. They've only lost four times. I just think they're used to winning. And teams that are used to winning um, behave in a certain way that, you know, you can't really rattle them as much as you might a team that's that's taken a bunch of losses. So I think they'll be real consistent, and they have standout players at the right places. Uh, in the middle of their back line, their center mid, if, if their best player plays center mid, she might play on the right. And both their forwards are good. So, you know, when you're building a team, if you don't have those places, you're not as dangerous, and they've got good people in the right places. And I would <clears> guess <throat> that winning mentality is something that certainly your side has as well after this season. We hope. I mean, you know, I think they're, the pressure built a little bit because we hadn't lost, and now we've suffered that and didn't enjoy it. So hopefully we're back where we were before in terms of our, you know, just – mentality about what it takes to win because that's the thing is sometimes you forget what it takes to win when it's a lot of those had come fairly easy and uh, the ones that came tough you know made us tougher but uh yeah now it's tournament time so you either win or turn in your stuff 
I'm interested in your thoughts about the Big 12 this year. I heard you use the baseball analogy. That's why it hit. You talk about sliders and curveballs, and oh. you even said spitball. Uh, but but how our conference showing my baseball acumen. That's all right. Yeah, that was a little dated, but that's all right. The, the you were talking about how this conference represents a lot, whereas some conferences have a style that they right. all play. I was just interested in that. Is there is there something you could elaborate on there? I mean, I mean, when you look around the country, it's pretty it's pretty obvious to uh, if you're in it that the West Coast teams play very technical, passing the ball. There's not a lot of physical contact. You get the ball for a while, and we get the ball for a while, and God, you guys look good on the ball. God, Stanford, you look good on the ball. And they just trade all these really pretty punches, and then a guy like Todd Schulenberg gets the job at Washington State, and he just goes full Baylor, if you remember the old Baylor teams on him, and made huge waves in the Pac-12. Really ruffled everyone's feather. Didn't, feathers did not they did not like him he took his team to the final four yeah. and so you know the the kind of the anti-style won out in the Pac-12 a few years ago but that's their style the SEC fast athletic fairly direct and that's why you see Georgia I think doing really well now because the guy came from Southern Cal Kadani uh-huh. McAlpine one of the best coaches in the country and he's got Georgia playing a little bit of a different brand and it's winning in the SEC because it's counter to how everyone else is playing and I think in the Big 12, there's just a variety. It's really hard to put your finger on it. If you, if you watch our game with BYU, like they are an offensive freight train, and every one of them looks like they could play for our, you know, run for our Olympic sprint team. And so they're fast and athletic and go forward at all costs. And then you got Oklahoma State who sits back and brings everybody behind the ball. And if you fall asleep, they play a counterattacking style, which is very effective. Cincinnati put 11 players in the box for most of the game against BYU and got a draw in Provo. And we're kind of the, you know, a little bit of hopefully balance is our thing. We're pretty good at passing, and we want to be better at it, and we're growing into being a really good passing team. I don't know if we're quite there yet, but we're close. And that's frustrating for other teams who want to just bang and battle because if you have the ball, then they don't have it as much. And so we talk a lot about, look, if the other team has less of the ball than we do, that's less chances they could hurt us. And that's pretty, you know, self-explanatory. But we're kind of that passing team, and we attack with our outside backs and, uh, we've got the best goalkeeper in the country. So, you know, we're a little unique in that regard. Uh, TCU, fantastic passing team. Um, so, yeah, I think, the, I think the Big 12 right now is the most versatile Good. group of teams in the country, which has prepared us, sure. hopefully, for, you know, the postseason. And I would guess <clears throat> the, the schematic diversity just increases next year when you add those four teams from the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, you know, the interesting part is two of them, Arizona and Arizona State, they're not all touchy-feely like, like Stanford and UCLA. <laughs> they're more like us. They're tougher. They are. Not the Stanford's not tough because, my gosh, they're tough but to beat. But they just play more of a style like the Big 12. Colorado plays a lot like some of the Big 12 teams. So I think, you know, in that regard, we got the right ones. Um, but they'll have to adjust a little bit to us, and we'll have to adjust to them, and that'll be really fun. I mean, our league next year will be ridiculous. It was super tough this year good. with Texas being as good as they were. Um, OU was just coming back with their new coach, so they weren't quite a factor yet. <laughs> but um, they're they're getting there. They'll have to get there in the SEC, though. You, you talked about the team's health and being relatively healthy. Obviously, the Macy Blackburn injury was big, but – you know, what do you, where, where are you? Where are you with that? I mean, is that, are they, do they come out of the Big 12 tournament healthy and ready to go and not banged up? That's right. And, uh, good. part of that is good luck. And part of it is our sports performance team have just done a fantastic job. I mean, Matt and Katie and DJ are amongst the best in the country and they're all at one school, which is amazing. <laughs> and so they've got them really believing that if you follow this kind of, protocol taking care of your body when you sleep how you sleep how much you sleep what you eat when you eat all those things if you follow it all and do the weightlifting right and the stretching the recovery right that you have just a percentage chance of being healthier 
that's a significant percent. I don't know what it is, but it's significant. Good. And we've seen the value of it. And as we went through the season, you know, the team was just – they were fresh every Tuesday. I can't, I've been here a long time. I can't tell you guys how many Tuesdays after a long weekend of two games – I'm like, wow, these guys are dead. And every Tuesday, this team was jumping. And we have a saying: good Tuesday leads to good Thursday. Good. You know, Thursday was game night. Now, now Fridays are game night. But they look sharp this week, so we're we're thankful. And yeah, you you know, Macy, that's could have been devastating if we'd have oh. moped about it quite enough. But thankfully, we had Elise Anderson standing by, and she was already playing at a starters level, and she was getting starters minutes. She just wasn't starting. And so when Elise stepped in, I think she had three assists in a row to win three games for us. So. Well, you can't replace Macy, but Elise has been fantastic, and uh, we were so lucky that we had her when that happened. Just about two minutes left. We, we hear all the time about how <clears throat> apparel companies play in, in, like, basketball recruiting, maybe not as much in football. How much does that impact soccer, and um, is the Adidas deal for you guys pretty big? Yeah, I think to get Macy Blackburn, we got one extra uh, baseball hat for her from Under Armour, and that sealed the deal. I mean, you know, for sure. Yeah, no, they don't play. That's not how it's played really with Olympic sports. But the gear is an attractive thing for them. They notice the gear. And certainly if you're Under Armour, the way Under Armour takes care of women's sports, it's a big plus. But the girls had to get used to the shoes because it was new for them. Under Armour wasn't in the cleat business. But when you start talking about Nike and now Adidas with us, immediately that's a soccer company. I mean, they, that's how they started. So their gear is soccer-related. They have tons of women's gear. Their shoes are amazing. And, uh, you know, Sam Corrett can't wait to buy the messy shoe because that's her favorite player in the world, even though we all know Ronaldo's better. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think, I think Adidas helps us for anyone who was a little hesitant maybe, but I don't know that anyone said no to us over our sure. gear. Okay. I think we may have lost a player or two off the turf, but – yeah. We've covered that, too, with our new grass field. Well, Tom, thank you very much for your time. We know you're obviously super busy. Best of luck tonight and hopefully uh, many more games out here to come this uh, fall. That would be great. Fingers Thanks, crossed. guys. Tom Stone joining us on Tech Talk. More from the John Walker Soccer Complex coming up. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey there, how you going? Thank you for spending part of your Friday with us. Alongside Gus, I'm Aaron. We're joining you today from the John Walker Soccer Complex, where in a little less than two hours, we'll have NCAA tournament action between Texas Tech, a two-seed, and Florida Gulf Coast. Six o'clock start here uh, on the campus of Texas Tech, and uh, plenty of time for you to make your way here for the game, um, big crowd needed. Uh, don't always have to play postseason uh, matches, games um, on your home foot field, your home pitch, your home turf, whatever the sport, and uh, always a good thing. Yeah, this is. Uh, I mean, I, I know about this from the from the, uh, and there'll be no surprise. But just haven't heard the the baseball people. You covet the opportunity to get your postseason at home and these these type opportunities. Uh, you know, an interesting little footnote, and old old man Jeff McGuire over there read this off this morning, but 11 years ago today was the first NCAA tournament game that Tech participated in, Tech soccer, and they did so here, beating University of North Texas. How about that? Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Oh, wow, thank you. Um, feeding the animals, love it. Um, but, yeah, our uh, – I mean, and then and – then, 
the I think I remember I recall of Minnesota, a Prairie View. So this has probably happened three or four times prior, but this is the best opportunity to host. Oh, sure. You know, to stack yeah, up two seed, two or three games in a row, and or three games in a row, all at home. And uh, I mean, it's just a great, great, great opportunity, and it's it's a reward, but it's also an opportunity. Real quick, back on the Cumbie stuff, um, and again, I, I think we both find this super bizarre because you know we've all it seems like most people have interacted with him on some level i mean i've got a you know probably one of the only existing la avengers jerseys oh nice hanging on my wall <laughs> that he autographed That's right cool. um but uh yeah just a really weird deal i'd love to get kind of an unvarnished his side of things um but uh, yeah, I mean, you know what? If if you're if you're pro Sonny Cumbie, just generally like a, like most tech fans, yeah, I'm sure. guessing most Texas tech fans, I guess to be more specific, uh, I guess you just hope that this is his kind of like I'm a man, I'm forty moment, you know? Yeah, kind sure. Of, you know, launches him to to great success. Um, I, I fear that this might end up being more his. Um, hey, what do you like the most about living in Lubbock? Moment that uh, that Matt Wells had. <laughs> You know, just that that thing that's not connected to a game, right? It's not connected to the outcome of a of a sporting event um, that really just kind of hangs around your neck, right? And and Gundy's moment was a positive, you know, and has been a positive for him. And then the Wells thing was kind of like the last straw, I think, for fans. Yeah, and and the the. The Gundy thing is sort of viewed as a this moment in which he's protecting his players, and and, and I don't know that, you know, we'll, we'll see. As you said, we'll see. But the the Sonny's move here doesn't doesn't seem as protective of the players. But I, I was thinking about it, like I wonder how orchestrated it is because he did it in front of his team. Right. You know what I mean? Like he and, and to your point, you talked about why not having your media relations person talk about it with him or whatever else. As opposed to doing it the way he did, well, he did it in front of the players, you know, and allegedly, yeah, that's yeah. true, yeah, that's true, and and uh, in a way that you go, whoa, that's, I mean, that's that's big, yeah. I mean, if again, we don't know, I guess both sides to this story, but I, I think from where I'm sitting, unless Ben Carlisle fabricated the entire entire thing, right, which I I find very doubtful, um. It's it's just kind of a varying level of not a great look, you know, on the on the part of Sonny Cumbie. But hopefully there's a good re- uh, resolution, and uh, you know we'll see. Um, you know what's interesting, Gus, because we've talked about this a lot, and heck, we talked about this with Tom Stone uh, about 45 minutes ago. The Adidas deal, right? Yeah. And, and Tech will be transitioning to Adidas from Under Armour, and next summer. Yeah, yeah and and part of that process will also include changing a whole bunch of stuff, not big things necessarily, but just a whole bunch of things around campus, mm-hmm. signage-wise. Yeah, a lot of venues. Right, because like through. right over there, yeah. right, as we sit here, I'm pointing toward the, the, the press box area of the uh, of the stadium, the John Walker Soccer Complex, and there's a big old Under Armour logo there. Yeah, right. It's, it's yeah. just a little banner. Right, it's not going to be. You're not going to need some excavator or bulldozer to change that out. But still, it, those things add up. Yeah, no, no doubt. And uh, I'm sure Adidas is eager to uh, get their three stripes on everything, and 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 that may be part of the cost of doing business too. Like, hey, the 
we're going to need your help with sure. 47 banners and signage and outfield signs and you name it. Uh, yeah, that's uh, you're exactly right. It's 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 the kind of thing that there are a lot of folks are going to have to be very intentional about. Hey, make sure you're paying attention to what's hanging in locker rooms, recruiting areas, all that stuff because and it's probably something you know we heard what eight. Adidas people were on campus a couple weeks ago for three days. Kirby had talked about that. Um, I, I would think that that was part of their uh, part of their trip was was seeing some venues and getting getting eyeballs on some things. If if not this round, the the next time they come out. This on the Yates Flooring Center chat line from Matthew is the number two ranked softball recruiting class, the highest class recruited to Texas Tech in any sport ever. Oh That's Lord! A good question. Yeah, I would think so. I, I mean, maybe, maybe some of the tennis classes have come yeah, close. True. I don't, I don't know. Because um, baseball's had some good classes, but I don't no, think there's been a national one. number yeah. two. Man, that really, really is. Glorious news. I mean, that's amazing. That's second time we've talked about number two so far today out here. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This one is much better than the other one. But, I, I mean, just because I would assume to you, Dickens, that they were unranked. I mean, maybe sure. somebody go, maybe somebody bothers with splitting hairs between the 49th best class and the 62nd best class in the sport of softball. I don't know. But they went from, I would assume, off the map to number two in the country. And if, if we would probably be taking note of this, if they were 22 or 12, we would oh, be excited about yeah. it. Two? I mean. Two is mind-blowing. Yeah. I mean. Like legitimately mind-blowing. You bet it is. And uh, what a what an opportunity, uh, you know. And I would assume that the name, the type of players that are in that class can step right into uh, what's going on around here. And I know they've done some impactful things with the recruiting in their first year and the portal and those things, but I would assume it is a new, new day over there. And what an exciting hire that is and what a what a great opportunity it is to invest in the sport of uh, of uh, softball well, here. And, so great. And speaking of investing, how about the Matador Club? Yeah. Right, I think they're involved with softball, and I – from what I understand, it's ten thousand dollars per player, big time. Which, yeah, I would think for softball, there aren't probably very many team wide deals in that yeah. sport. Yeah, I would think so. This is so impactful. Uh, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line from Val: Tech Soccer was the regular season champion, but not the tournament champion. Who was? Do they get to claim that they are the champions? <laughs> Like whoever wins the Big 12 football championship game, or is it strictly for an automatic tournament bid? Basically, two champions. It's kind of like basketball, right? Yeah. Um, so when when Tech won its basketball championship, um, actually shared it. Um, you know, they had the regular season championship, and then what, Kansas won the, the tournament, tournament yeah. that year. Same thing. Yeah, and so there's and, and 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 Texas won that, by the way. And you and I are yeah, that's right. Um, I'm glad you said that because my mind keeps going back to Baylor. I mean, excuse me, BYU. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're looking down at the far end of the, the pitch there, and it's got a, uh, you know, we got two Red Raider soccer banners down there on the south end facing us, and they've got Big 12 logo and 2015 champions. Well, that was a tournament championship in 2015, um, peak Janine Becky era. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, so that flies around here, but this will be the first regular season championship. More tech talk next
podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Hey, it's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Dr. Mike Gustafson, I'm Aaron Dickens. We're joining you today until 6 o'clock. We'd love to hear your thoughts and comments on the EH Flooring Center chat line at Double T 97.3.com. Uh, this on the chat line uh, from Lindell Jeff. Uh, AD, you plug the K in class. Thanks for the explanation. Can't see Sonny being that kind of a guy. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, I, it was very surprising. Um, and uh, I, I hope that maybe after the game tomorrow, their game tomorrow, there might be a, something about it. Um, but, you know, who knows? I'm, yeah, not, I'm not losing any sleep over yeah. it. It's just kind of a weird story. Yep. That uh, it, you know, kind of has a, a Texas Tech Lubbock tie to it because it involves our man Sunday Cumbie. You bet. It is. It is not the craziest thing to to have come out of the the Leach playbook with regard to media. Sure. Yeah, and, I mean, you know, it's it's akin to what we talked about from Lincoln, you know, six weeks ago. And Leach uh, banned. I think it was KLVK for a while. Yeah, amazing. But I don't. I don't remember what it was about specifically. I think something dumb. Uh, and I don't think that it lasted just a super long time. Um, this on the chat line, what kind of run can the Lady Raiders make, sorry, the Red Raiders make in soccer? I saw BYU as the ones who, even after we dusted them in Provo. Oh, we tied them yeah, in Provo. <laughs> but, uh, but it was a dominant tie. Yes, Let me tell was. you, it was just a rout of a tie. I mean, yeah, exactly, and and the fact that they didn't win the postseason tournament right. at Mass of the championship, yeah. no silverware. You know, yeah, the the uh, you know th- there's just three teams from what from this conference in uh, the postseason, which I th- what I would assume is not great, but there's three teams that seem to be pretty impactful. So hopefully there's good runs from all three. But I, I yeah I don't know. I mean I. I I would love to see. I mean, they're they're going to step right off. You know, obviously you need to take care of this game tonight, but uh, then they're going to step right off into some big, big brands. Uh, your could could be. I think the winner of this game is going to face the winner of Princeton and Michigan, and then looming on the other side of the bracket are the Tar Heels, maybe the Crimson Tide. I mean, just a great opportunity to have those brands come through, come through here and play on our turf. Uh, no, nothing would uh, make me happier than the Red Raiders just beating the crap out of Princeton next weekend. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that happens. I feel like we've played them here before. Um, Weren't they in a regional? Yeah. Oh, not. I'm talking about soccer. Oh, I'm talking about baseball. Um, no. No, we had Harvard here for baseball one okay. time. Okay, yeah. Not, get, not, not in a – I get my Ivies mixed up. Yeah, not in the postseason. But, uh, um, yeah, that – yeah, you would you would you come out here and, like, yell Latin slang at them or something through the <laughs> – No. Uh, hopefully, uh, if, if Michigan pulls through – You can come out here. That's a different – Yeah, some Connor Stallions jokes. I think that's sure. – I think that's applicable no matter the sport. Like, oh. hopefully – like basketball season, hopefully there's a bunch of Connor Stallion stuff um, for the Michigan basketball teams. Yeah, because and that's not even and you're not even you know we're not talking about going out and cussing teams and doing all that stuff. You're just going out there and trying to be witty and you know 
and get, get after them. And it, they are ripe for that, like a bunch of Harbaugh and Connor Stallion stuff. I mean, <laughs> that's oh, a no-brainer yeah. of the century. And uh, you know what? You bring The tech hecklers bring that to a baseball game if Michigan were to come to town or whatever. I mean, that's you just that's you just carry that, as you said. That's got a shelf life that gets you through the spring sports. Yeah, sorry, guys. Sorry, sorry uh, women's softball team, but you may hear that in May. Sorry. That's just how it's going to be. I have great news for you. Um, there are two relatively interesting college football games on tonight. Nice. And both of them start after this Tech soccer game. There we go. Uh, North Texas at SMU. That's an yeah. 8 o'clock kick. There we go. 8 o'clock kick um, in Dallas. SMU is a 19-point favorite, so uh, Vegas doesn't think much of our uh, friend Eric Morris. The Mean Green are three and six. Mean Green will be here what September? Yeah, or isn't that our opener year. next year? I think that's right. In September, I think that's right. Yeah. And then at nine forty-five, ooh, nine forty-five Central Time, uh, Wyoming plays at UNLV, and oh, how the mighty have fallen! Uh, Wyoming, I guess, is not nearly as challenging when they're not high up on their perch of Three Mile High Stadium. Um, they're a three-point dog to UNLV. Wow, really? UNLV. I wonder if they've had a key injury or two. I don't know. I mean, UNLV is 7-2. and two. Mm. They're experiencing a bit of a renaissance there under, uh, I think, Barry Odom. I think that's yeah, right. Yeah, it's the former Missouri head yeah. coach, yes. Um, Wyoming 6-3, and three, so they haven't totally fallen off the map, but still. That's a nice little Friday night matchup. Yeah, 9-45. Yeah. I don't know that I want to be up past midnight to watch Mountain West football, but Ooh. still. It's nice to know that I have the option. Yeah, sure. You know? We'll get uh, this this soccer game here on ESPN Plus with our man Hacks on the call. So, that's, uh, I mean, it, it is a nice little Friday night of programming. Sure. Uh, this on the chat line. Uh, this society is soft. If a writer was talking crap about my players, I would have called him out in front of them so that you know what he did so they know that I have their back. I wouldn't want him around either. Well, and that's okay, but then don't be whining about nobody cares about my program, nobody gives me any coverage. I mean, you can't have it both ways. I mean, one, I have not seen any evidence that he was being yeah. unfair or crap. or personal with any kind of uh, performance criticism. Keep in mind they're three and seven. Yeah, so it's not sunshine and rainbows. Obviously, uh, two. Um, that is a that that is something that might make you feel good in the moment, but ultimately that's a that's a that's a loss for you, right? That becomes a distraction for you, for your program. For your administration, um, all, all for a small pop, right? It, it, that's one of those things not worth it. It's like flipping the bird in traffic. You know, it might make you feel good, yeah. right? But if if the guy behind you is a cop, yeah. you know, or or if they get violent, that's one of those things that you kind of go, oh, you know, what? I was kind of a moron. Yeah, the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. Exactly. There. So I don't think it's anything about being soft. Um, it's about being the CEO of a you know multi-million dollar enterprise that is college football, and kind of knowing when to pick your battles. Yeah, and I just wonder how loud the guy's voice is. I mean, if 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 that was if that 
if that guy's voice is his voice so loud and our team was so bothered by his comments like if the guy's on a rival site that has 200 followers i mean are you maybe worrying about something that you shouldn't be worrying about this in the chat line i've never regretted flipping the burning traffic hey, man, good for you no regrets more tech talk next it's every red raiders favorite podcast this is the tech talk podcast from double t 97.3 presented by cantex roofing and construction hey there how you going it's tech talk on double t 97.3 and double t 97.3.com thank you for making us a part of your friday with gus i'm aaron we're joining you today until 6 o'clock from the John Walker Soccer Complex where the Red Raiders are about eh, 40 minutes away from kicking things off against Florida Gulf Coast in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, Red Raiders are a two-seed uh, nationally and uh, appear to be just minutes away from taking the pitch. Uh, FGCU is, uh, I think, already out there a little bit um, warming up. Uh, I would guess this is a little bit colder than what they're used to in Fort Myers, Florida. Uh, 85 degrees was the temperature there in Fort uh, Fort Myers today. Nice, kind of envious of that weather, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. And and, and we've got a nice week of weather ahead. But, yeah, and the Lady Raiders come storming out of the gate here and onto the field for their pregame warm-ups. And uh, the vibe has definitely picked up. The music is pouring out of this uh, locker room door over here. It's a pretty good scene. Awesome, awesome. Love to get your thoughts and comments on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. You can weigh in at DoubleT973.com. Scott asks, is it sleeting out there at the field? It's coming down heavy at 50th and University. Uh, It's not. I wouldn't say sleeting. It, I think at one point earlier it was a little, little sleet, um, light sleet. Yeah, I mean, like we could hear a little bit of stuff, like some pepper hitting our little tent roof here, but you look at the sidewalk and there's it's as dry as a bone. Yeah, so. were it not for that sound, I would not have been aware. Yeah, of it. I agree. I don't, not the, uh, so I, I'm, I'm interested in, I don't doubt it at all, but yeah, it's, it's dry out here, thank goodness. So here's, here's me making the case that if, Tech were to win tomorrow, and I hope that they do, it would be the most impressive win of the McGuire era up to this point. Well, right? I like the sound of it. Which, you know, spans, what, 22 games? You did beat Texas last year. They were ranked. Um, they were ranked 22nd in the country, and you were at home. Right. Um, you, you did beat a ranked Houston team at home last year, but number one, they were just 25th in the country. And number two, don't you kind of always expect to beat Houston, <laughs> right, in yeah. any sport if you play them? Um, and I'm not diminishing those wins. Those were great. I think the Texas win is by far the most um, uh, fulfilling and rewarding and feel-good win of the McGuire era. And we'll, it'll take a lot, really, to, uh, to overthrow that on the top of that list. But just in terms of a football conversation you take emotions out of it you've not been great on the road we know this yep to go on the road and beat a borderline top 15 team in kansas to me that would be the most impressive win since mcguire's been here well i uh i love the case you're making and i would love to have this uh (laughs) this conversation sort of play out in a way that we could come back and uh provide the proper uh 
retrospective on Monday. The postmortem, I hope, is a happy one. And I, I think, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm just really interested to see how it plays out, the fact that I, I feel like our offense can score some points tomorrow. And we haven't said that about, a bunch about this team, but, you know, every, every day we get a little more healthy with uh, with Baron Morton. And, uh, you know, it's it just they're so due to go off on somebody. And I, I am – I am all for the first 50-point game of the year. Yeah, because I don't, I don't know that 35 points would be enough. No, no, I agree. You know, like if, if you offered me 35 points right now for tomorrow's game, I don't know that I would take it. Right. And if I did take it, I wouldn't feel just amazing about it. Yeah, I know. It, it wouldn't be the worst thing. It, I hope, hope we could hang on at, at 35 points, but I'm, I'm with you. I'd rather uh, – I'd rather uh, – like I said, I'd rather this be the game that we all remember. And we got a lot of good memories of Taj Brooks, but I would like it if this is the game. That, remember that day Taj went off for 230 and four touchdowns? Please. Uh, that is the early game tomorrow in the Big 12. 11 a.m. kick. Of course, we will have it for you here on Double T 97.3. Um, but not the only Big 12 game, obviously. Uh, Baylor at Kansas State. K-State a 21-point favorite. Um, Baylor, if they lose this game, they are not eligible for a bowl game, right? That would be their seventh loss. Clearly a very heavy lift for the Bears. And that's you talked about the vibes here for this soccer game coming up in about 40 minutes. Vibes around Waco, not great. No, that's right. I mean, and, yeah, we're we're on the heels of that Houston and Baylor game last week where it felt like the – the bigger story there was about who was gonna who was gonna be talked about more was the team that lost that rather than who won it because sure. neither team's having a really great year and you could you could perhaps perhaps say that both of those coaches are on some at, on some level of a hot seat and uh, maybe a little too early for the Dave Miranda hot seat conversation but maybe not because the the that OC is certainly on the hot yeah. seat yep no doubt like. Hopefully calling up realtors to kind of get ahead of it. <laughs> well, you think about the fact that w- one thing Tech hasn't done this year, we haven't done, is really get to the quarterback a lot. And for us to have dumped six sacks, I mean, it feels yeah. like half of our sacks, and I don't, th- I think that's an exaggeration, but you know, to have just six sacks in one game for, for our our side, uh, that's a big number, and that's what we did in Waco. And then how, this, this might be the most interesting game of the weekend in the Big 12 for me. Uh, and I'm not sure that it's close, really. Oklahoma State at UCF. UCF is one and five in the Big Twelve, right? They've had a terrible season, um, you know, relative to their expectations. They're only a two and a half point That's, underdog at home yeah. to an Oklahoma State team that looks like they're going to coast to the Big Twelve title game. Um, you, you wonder how Oklahoma State handles. You know the victory over Oklahoma last week. Yeah, you know hangover effect because it, it feels like so much of what they've had going this year, certainly in conference play, was was the revenge and not, maybe not the revenge tour, but the let's get right tour after the uh, what South Alabama came into Stillwater and just kicked the crap out of them. Out. Yeah, and and you know it feels like the whole time it's they've been sort of flying in the face of that, and now the the shoes on the other foot. You know, like all of a sudden, you guys are the ones with the pathway into the deal, and probably spent all week getting, you know, getting patted on the back by 
in, in Mike Leach's words, their fat little girlfriends. I mean, they're, it's, it's just just right for that because it's got to be, I would assume, a low excitement game relative to what they've been playing in to be going to Orlando this weekend. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.